We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome everybody to a new episode of Talking Buffalo, now every weekday, Monday through Fridays. Thank you for checking us out, whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're Listening to this in podcast audio form. I appreciate you all. Uh, today is Thursday. Well, at least when this is dropping, this is Thursday. We're taping this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Actually, Wednesday morning. I'm joined by my good buddy, Aaron Quinn from yes, number sir. one. What's going you on, man? Terrif- you, you just terrified me, Pat, when you said this is Thursday and I forgot we're not live <laughs> and that this is a recording. And I was like, well, wait a minute, Thursday. I had so much, I didn't get any of the Wednesday stuff done, but 90% no, it is Wednesday. Of, 99, probably 99% of the time you and Greg Thompson record uh, cover one. It's actually not recording. You guys are pretty much streaming. So you shoot, Yeah, we just go straight live. You just go straight live. So it's very rare that you guys actually record something and then put it out later. Right? Yes. And actually now that I know I'm recording, I'll probably make mistakes. We had to record a, uh, ad for our one pass membership, which if you are a listener and you're not a one pass member, go to cover one.net slash one pass sign up. It's worth it. But, uh, we did our, so that the network could play it across the whole network and we only recorded it twice, but I was nervous too. Cause whenever I have to like read something, or even if you send me, you send me like some thing, Hey, we're going to kind of talk about this. But when people send me like full notes for podcasts and like, my notes for the matchup show i have a lot but i can't like read from notes like it all is shoot from the hip if i if i'm going live i'm good if i have to like read a spot lots of takes i can't do a pre-recorded show but i forget i feel like you and i are live when you're doing a show you're at your desk well like i said whether you're on with greg 99 percent of the time or somebody else yes. yeah, are you yeah. a note taker like do you have you don't like I what's your note situation like I have pen. Yeah, you always have a pen in your hand. That kind of yeah. you, you gave me that habit for a while. I stopped doing it, but because of you, I would be holding a pen in my hand or something in my yeah. hand like 99% of the time. I got a notepad. Um, these are my these are from my game notes. I have a game note one and then a preview show notepad. And so I'll keep these around for uh if I do WGR spots, like I'll have uh not to ramble on about this, but my process sort of for the week, uh, especially here that I'm kind of in it is I take my game notes, I put those away, I get the prep notes, and I'll watch games, right? I'll watch back whatever. Usually, I like to do four weeks, but right now, we only have two, so I'll watch both the Commanders games. I'll just do the condensed ones real quick, and then if Eric, uh, you know, has anything to take a look at in the All-22, I'll take a look at that. 
And then I'll go back and watch those Bills games again through the All-22, go through that process a little bit longer, and take all those notes. And then I use those notes for the show. Go through like you do. You just said you got um, P- PFF Premium. So I go through all of those. I go through, um, we have D- access for DVOA, Sports Information Solutions. So I'll kind of poke around there in the matchup, see what interesting data, um, and then share that with our audience. But all those notes stay with me. And then when I do your show, I kind of keep them around in case you ask anything and I need to reference those notes. But then I take notes while you're talking. Uh, so yeah, I always have a pen just in case somebody has a point that I want to get back to or whatever. I can kind of bring that up without losing it. I'm a forgetful uh, guy. I'm a big note taker. You're old school though. I know you have a notebook. Like you actually write your shit down in pen. Yeah. So my game notes are all, I go quarter by quarter here for those that can see. Oh, wow. I, I do multicolored pens to keep game notes. Whenever I'm doing watching uh, on my computer or tracking on my computer, I do a lot of it that way. My, um, there's a certain amount of data sets that I track myself and I have spreadsheets that nobody else is really doing it in the way that I want to look at it for the bill. So I keep reference and that stuff I'll even jot down a note and then put back in spreadsheet a lot of times later. Um, yeah, very old school, dude. I'm still from the air. Like we're of that era of like we had computers, right. And technology, but we still needed the physical world. And some of that I still, I think sticks around for me. Mostly I'm old school as it gets, but my handwriting is horrific. So I actually Mm. still, I use word whenever I get a chance. I mean, sometimes I do have like a little notebook and if I'm like, you know, something reminds me of something I want to talk about or just something to reference, I'll write it down like in this little notebook, but I honest to God, I'm not even exaggerating. Sometimes I can't read my own handwriting. That's how, that's how shitty mine is. So whenever I am near my computer, I always type out stuff. Yeah. And word pad kind of go back and then organize it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. 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 After. So we're going to spend some time today. I do want to get at some point um, a couple of your final big takeaways. Again, this is dropping on Thursday. It's already midweek. It's time to move on. And we're going to spend some time talking uh, Buffalo, Washington in that game on this Sunday. Before that, though, uh, most people, I'm sure, probably by this point, watch the show on, on the Cover One channel. Hope um, so. If you're not. Go over there and subscribe. Yeah, shame on you. Right. Yeah, shame on you if you're not. But we got together last Saturday, um, downtown mm-hmm. Main Street block party. And I got to be honest with you, and, and I know this is the case for you as well because I, you know, I know you well, and we talk, you know, all the time. Um, not something that I do, and not something that we do often. Get out downtown amongst, you know, or anywhere for that matter, amongst, right. amongst uh, you know, a whole bunch of Buffalo Bills fans, and um. I tell you what, I, I honestly got, I, I had a lot of fun for people who don't know what I'm talking about. Cover one did a show Saturday afternoon at left turn. Um, what was, what was he five? By the way, I had never been in that building before. That was pretty cool. Was really cool moves. building in downtown Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> right in that 500 block of main street between Maine and Washington, if you're familiar with downtown Buffalo, if not, you can go look at Google maps. If you're trying to figure out where we're talking about exactly, but it's really right in the center of, uh, where that, uh, the, uh, sub comes through right where like yeah. where the train comes through buffalo downtown mm-hmm. there and it's big wide sidewalks and i'm telling you man what was it like 70 degrees and sunny perfect fall afternoon in western new york 
uh, yeah, the street was booming. He had the whole thing closed off from basically um, at that corner with Fatty Beer Companies just on the other side. They were bumping. They had uh, vendors as well. Fatty was going. And then you walk around the corner and there was vendors. Q42, Grills Mafia, Reed Ferguson showed up. He was there. Yep. Uh, Iman was out there grilling. He had wings going. They smelled delicious. I got the first batch of wings there for the day. Uh, Masuda Chow's was bumping. Like that whole block had people out and vendors out. And the there was a DJ, DJ Milk, the Bills DJ showed up. Yeah, there. he was banging out tunes bang in some tunes and it was a really good vibe and left turn i think set the standard with the vibe um if you don't know who they are i encourage you to go check out instagram if you're on there or on their twitter it's a really cool company that um i've built uh, actual personal relationships and learned how i have with you pat over the years through twitter through sharing memes through talking bills mm-hmm. and we got into a, a relationship where they're now a sponsor of our show which is really cool to have a sponsor of our show that's also a friend and also somebody that we support their work like I, I when i got into this we it's a hobby for us but it has turned into something bigger at cover one and but i always kind of said like i don't want to just take grab sponsors to just take money right like i'm not looking for whoever or whatever i want it to be something i believe in no more than in left turn and what they do these prints behind me if you're watching uh, on Pat's YouTube here. Um, I got some cool prints. One's for the Cleveland Buffalo game. And then this other one is the uh, Halloween game from last year. And it's a yeah. Josh Goathead one. And they actually put this was a mural that they put on a building. And then they took this picture and put some art to the picture. They released these prints for every single matchup. And they're super cool. Um, they're really, they bring in local artists for every single one and collaborate with them on these. And so they're kind of a mix of that old school. Remember the, um, they used to give them out for the games the, uh, and they would have like the cartoon graphics on them for each game that kind of went away for a long time. Nobody was really doing that. And these guys brought back sort of individual limited run prints for every single game. Some of them are just so freaking cool. Uh, and they're really art. It's like Bill's art. And so it's cool. They're a cool company. They set the tone and then 26 shirts was there. Uh, Oxford Pennant was there. Greg got me this nice pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Uh, custom one while we were there. Yep. And it was all these individual shops to your point, this building, uh, it starts with left turn and it ran all the way through to the other side of Washington. And it's just a hallway. And then uh, there's like little nook. Uh, offices in each hallway and we had vendors there was vendors running the whole hall bill stuff buff on whack was there like people you know and recognize from twitter i saw a ton of twitter followers and you're right pat like i don't do it much i don't get out a ton although i've been you see me i've been winging it up and getting coffee mm-hmm. with nate i'm getting out a little bit but yes <laughs> you and i haven't been able to connect and we live right. like 15 minutes from each other so that type of stuff, connecting with people that, you know, you have had relationships with online and Twitter, like through Twitter and stuff for years. And it was fun. And after the loss on Monday night, the weather in Western New York, everybody getting dressed up in their bill stuff, going out, hanging out, talking bills, knowing you had to get right game right ahead of you for the home opener. It was going to be beautiful. It really set the perfect vibe to get past that just debacle on Monday night, how you started the season and just have the right vibe, dude. I, it felt great to get out and do it. I'm a little bit of an introvert. I don't love going out, but you're right. Like being around the mafia. Then we went over to froth and, uh, for Matt yeah, Perino yeah, and I'll, Talbot where they're set up. And that place was buzzing with the mafia. And, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to say, I want to say wing nuts for you for, for just a minute from now. Yeah. Look, that building, I'd never been there before, and and I didn't know what to expect. I'm not really mm-hmm. much of a downtown guy. I feel like I'm too old to go downtown. 
Although it depends when you go. If you go at the right time, it's always in fun the middle of the afternoon. Grab a coffee. Exactly. Here. You'll we're be all right. Day, we're day drinkers at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. We, we we get our we get our fun in during the day, not really so much at night. Although I kind of made an exception. Of I was gonna say family. I went home and Pat, Pat Moran was still very oh, was going, active yeah. into his evening when I, I, I was I'm interested going. to hear what happened. It didn't make it to Twitter, so that's good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I walked in that building, and I honestly, the only thing I knew was that I was coming to do a spot help you guys you know set up a little bit and and do a spot uh, on your show you, you were, were very i felt like you were a little bit unsure of me you're like what is this guy signing me up for what are we getting into but you had a good time <laughs> no i i had a great time i just didn't know yeah. what to expect so i go into yeah, that yeah. building like you talked about and yeah there's merch shops set up all over um i got a chance to talk with del Reed for a couple of minutes at 26 shirts uh chrissy kimmick from mafia babes had yes, something yes. Set up. i met josh josh from uh buff on Weck. Which is funny. He actually designed my logo. He's doing some hoodies with me, a bunch of merch stuff. But we had never physically met in person. So yep. it was really cool. Right across to, from uh, us, right across the hall. Yeah, from he us was that literally show. right across yeah. from uh, where we were set up for your show. Um, so, yeah, I got to meet a lot of people. Uh, Patrick Miller, big time Bills fan. Yeah. Very, very popular guy. More on him in a second, that son of a bitch. Because he's the one that always... I get in trouble with every time I'm around that. Guy. Is that what said? Was that the first domino? To fall? <laughs> that was the big domino yeah. for sure. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we did, we did. Oh, by the way, you talked about all these merch shops and, you yeah. know, a lot of these well-known bills fans with, with their stands and stuff like that. My favorite part, I don't even know if you know this, but there was a, like in the middle, there was like a couch and two guys who just went out and bought beer and we're selling literally, they were kind of vending on their own beer. And my favorite beer in the world, I got I got to pull this up because this is literally my favorite beer. I had to, I had at least four of these like during the course of your show. And then immediately after uh, Miller High Life cans reminds me of my dad. My dad would drink. Well, Milwaukee's best, another cheap shit beer 90% of the time. And I yeah. ate my dad would go get himself, you know, a 12 pack of a, uh, Miller High Life's, but anyway, four. I think he was charging three, four bucks a beer. So this guy was buying thirty packs and just selling them right out of the, right out of the. Pack. The champagne of beers, right? Yeah, absolutely. The champagne of beers. So I yeah. definitely uh, enjoyed some of them. I I had fun on the show, and again, if people didn't watch it, the game or you know the the show itself might be old news now because it was mainly a Bills Raiders preview. But some good fun conversations with some great guests you had on. Uh, you had Bulldog and Nate Gary from WGR. Yeah. Um, I got a chance to talk to both of them before the show. That was fun. You also had uh, Captain Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News. She was on. Um, Alex Brasky, who, by the way, I had never met Alex before. He's a fun dude, right? He is a fun dude. I, and yeah. if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you're if you're listening to this and you got a chance to go on YouTube, watch us on YouTube as well. Because I got a couple pictures from uh, Saturday's festivities. Some pants up there, the man. Yeah, yeah. This is a picture of me and there. Well, not me, man. I hate the way I look at that pic. But yeah, no, it's me, on. it's you, it's Greg and uh, and Alex. We had a uh, a really good time doing the show. It, it, it really was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got this picture. <laughs> if you, again, if you're watching this on the YouTube side, I don't know what the hell's going on. This, this is like pre-show. I I don't know what Greg's thinking right now. Man, that sign's all crooked. Wrong. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, um, everything's a mess in that. Yeah, picture. it was a little bit of a mess for us, but uh, Look at Bulldog. if you <laughs> if you are watching this on YouTube, this is a good representation though of what you're talking about. Like Buff on Wex right behind us. There was people mm -hmm. going. Um, it was a cool vibe. It was not great for my ADHD, as you can tell from this picture. We weren't even totally live yet, <laughs> and I was already like, I kept looking out the window because it just kept 
getting with my attention span. But it was cool because I did I saw a lot of folks out there that I recognize and a lot of people came out and it was cool. Um, to your point, Nate and Bulldog, you know, Greg and I leading up to this, we're like, look, it's Saturday afternoon content wise. No one's going to care. Right. Like we're, we're going to go do this show because, you know, we're, we're signed up for it and we just want to have fun and talk. And so we were like, who do we just want to hang out and talk with? Right. And uh, Bulldog has been so cool to Great us dude. at Cover One. And he's had me on his show so many times. And the conversations we've had offline and the support that he's shown me just as a like person, like he's happy for me and the stuff that I do with my kids. And uh, he's just been a super cool dude. And so uh, he's one. Nate Gary is a, such an interesting character because he could draw so much heat on the internet. Uh, I love it though. And he's just, he honestly, like, I don't, I don't know if people really know him. He's a really good guy. He really is. He's at least to me, he's always been sincere and good to me and good with his time. And so those guys, um, I had heard really great things about Alex Brasky and I hadn't met him yet, but I, Greg had met him at some event, a couple other people. And they were like, dude, I think you're going to love this kid. Like, or this guy, like he, he it just seems like he's the kind of guy that's going to click with you. And everyone was right. Uh, so Alex, if you're listening, I have a man crush on you. You're a cool. Dude. <laughs> you I'd like fun, to man. hang out with you more often. And Catherine Fitzgerald is one. And I won't, I won't lie. She, her work doesn't show up on my radar a ton. I follow mm -hmm. her. Um, I've seen like, I all definitely repost some of her stuff, but her stuff gets into a little bit more of the personal side. And I tend to drift towards more. It's like the analytical side and stuff like that. But she was fantastic. And I could have talked to her for a whole another hour or two and sort of her perspective. And it's not not a perspective I always get. And so, you know, that was a really, that was one that I didn't know much about Catherine, but I wish we probably would have had another hour to sit and hang out and talk because that was a fun conversation. And that's probably more the one thing that makes me a little bit jealous, Pat, about what you do and why I like coming on your show is I do like just talking to people and you get to just talk to whoever, right. And have yeah. a conversation. You get to pick those topics. And I'm so stuck in the, uh, I have to do the preview show and the post game show and the preview show and the post game show that I miss this sort of being able to have these conversations with some of these people. So even though we made a show and it was, it's not relevant anymore. I had a good time getting to know a couple of the people in the bills community and then just hanging out with some of my friends from the bills community, like yourself, you were great. We had you on uh, and sit and hang out. And that was a lot of fun for Greg and I, cause we don't always get to like the season goes so quick. We'd love to have on, Joe Marino more often, Bruce Nolan more often, but we don't get that time because we have on guests from other teams, right? To, to fill in the spot. So it was good to hang out and talk with people like you, man. It's like when you have a job and like your job every day, you got to wear a suit and tie to work and being mm -hmm. able to do a show like you did on Saturday. It was like casual day. It was like Hawaiian shirt day. You know what I mean? You got to wear whatever you want and just kick back and uh, relax. And I got to think through the conversations that you had. And again, plenty of bills talk, obviously, but just having some general conversation, but even when the cameras weren't rolling, just being able to go walk yeah. around and, and talk and hang out with some people uh, was really cool. Suit. One other photo too. Now your guy, uh, Anthony Prohaska, I'm a big fan of his work, man. I like Great work. I know I was he, actually, he bummed. wasn't on the show, but at least yeah. I got, I had never met him. So at least that's a good picture. I got of you three guys too. Um, it, that... it, it was cool to get to meet him. I got to meet some people that I, like I said, Josh, Anthony Prohaska, the people that I had never met previously. There were probably a, a good amount of people there that you've known through social media, but you've yeah. never physically got a chance to meet before. Uh, Crystal, Crystal Noel, uh, yeah, she, Jim and Crystal. Crystal was uh, dude, she was big. Shout out to Crystal. Her and Stephanie, I had never Stephanie, met. Stephanie, I never Ferguson, met Stephanie. Sarah um, Larson, I had never met. She was there. Um, yep, yep, yep. Kristen, actually, we had passed 
spots once. She was at a live show for Perino. I was at that live show. I was doing it with Joe Marino and Perino. Mm -hmm. And then I had a split and she was just getting there. And it was kind of like, oh, hey, hi. And I got to go. But we actually got to chat and say hi. Um, There was definitely other people that I met in person for the first time that I'm obviously if they listen, they're going to be mad that I'm not talking about. But yes, there was a lot of that. And that is it's nice because you just never know you're interacting with these people online and it's cool. And you do form like you and I, like we, we work together now, right. From years of hanging out and talking. And so being able to just do that and meet those people is super cool. Yeah. It, re- it honestly was, it was a fun time. I would encourage bills fans who might be a little more introverted who don't go out and do much. Maybe if going to the stadium and, and party, and maybe if that kind of tailgating is a little bit much for you, when you start to see some of these events that are going on that you, that you find on Twitter and stuff, um, you know, whether it's cover ones and Buffalo Rumley stuff, there's always things going on. Go check those out. Be there. Um, great time. Yeah. Crystal was, a. I I love Crystal. She was a handful <laughs> long day. She had a couple in her and, and definitely was, uh, letting loose. I, I had a, a great time with her. Yeah. Um, I went there with my wife, my wall, my wife met me. Uh, I met wife. Yeah. You yeah. met my wife for the first time. Um, yeah, we were outside afterwards having a couple beers and DJ milk, like you said, was banging out tunes. Uh, that was great. Got a chance to chat briefly with uh, Reed Ferguson. He was there with his wife and kids. Um, I was trying to set up that Reed Ferguson, Nate Geary, uh, Nate a couple of years ago. Oh, I don't the, know if you were the, the snap, snap that he said he could goal. field a snap from a, uh, that it wasn't hard uh, to do to be a field goal holder. And I'm I'm just waiting for Nate to embarrass himself. Uh, I was I trying to get a football. I, we couldn't get it then. But. I hope it happens, and I hope Nate breaks his finger. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, but I was like, dude, that ball is going to go flying into Main Street, and you're going to look like an idiot. Like, it straight is. up, it is. And yeah. then speaking of Nate, Nate bartends at uh at Fatty Bear Company, so I went and um my wife and I and, and had a couple beers there. Yeah, um, he hooked me up. I'm your beer. Good on him. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, great. It, yeah, it was a really fun time. I ran back into Cat again. Catherine Fitzgerald was there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a really good time. And then we all, which I, I thought because we had talked after the show and I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's probably the end of the day for seeing you. And then I go up to Wing Nuts because Matt Marino and Ryan Talbot had their live show, their shout. And um, I was surprised. I saw you and, and, and Greg there. I was like, oh, sweet, man. It was cool. Um, yeah. By the way, so I said Pat Miller. I, let me circle back to that. So I, I met up with him down at left turn. Um, had a couple beers, a couple, and then he went to, he had a hotel in Chictawaga with his buddy Ryan and said he would meet us up at Wingnuts later. Well, I told my wife, I said, let's just go pick him up. He's ain't got an Uber. So I went to pick him up and then we went to Wingnuts. So it was my, me, my wife, um, Pat Miller and, and his buddy that he flew in with. And when we got the Wingnuts, that's when it just, ugh, was, it, it turned were... into a long day. There was a Ric Flair bear there, some kind of lager. And um, it was really, really good. I think I might have had five or six of those in like ninety minutes. Did you eat anything? Did you grab anything? To eat? Um, I had a, I had a couple wings. Yes, I did, and that's why I wanted. You wouldn't to take my wings. Yeah. I offered you like I offered you like four wings. You when I'm drinking, sometimes when I'm like in the midst of my drinking, like when I'm really in my pocket when it comes to beer, I don't like to eat. It kind of ruins my uh. My desire to drink anymore. <laughs> so then I don't, I'm I an idiot. Eat. I'm no, an idiot, but I did. My, my yeah. wife yelled at me and I did end up having uh, a couple wings for sure. Um, Crystal, Pat Miller, and a couple of us went out, snuck in a couple little fireball, little mini shots from uh, Crystal's car. You're too old for Stephanie. that. Oh. <laughs> I am too old for that. All you guys, all you guys, that's I'm a bad sure. idea. Yeah. Well, it was I, fun. Let me I ask you. I would have told this. you. I would have been there to tell you it was a terrible idea. 
I don't know if you were there before, but like I said, I did see you at Wingnut. So before we jump into some football talking, like I said, first yeah. half of the show is pretty much just, just always us. Uh, yeah, just for, putting this shit. What was your take? You said you had the wings. Yes. So what's your take on these wings? I, I got to know. Give me an honest, objective yeah. answer. Before we get to that, I want to my how I ended up at Wingnuts was we were there. Yeah, we were at Fatty. Fine. We wrapped up the show. We're hanging out at Fatty. Greg's getting hungry. He's got to go back to Cleveland. You don't, mm -hmm. Greg's, Greg's a super sweet guy. You don't want to yeah. get him like too hungry. He was getting antsy and hungry. <laughs> and so we, we had to figure it out. Um, Nate said first old first ward, um, which isn't far from where we were at. No. But it was still like a, if we were to walk, it was like a 40 minute walk. Yeah. Somehow. Too far to walk. Like, too Short far to walk. So we were going to get in our cars and most people we had talked to kind of mentioned they were heading over to froth afterwards. And so we were like, you know, I haven't been there. I've heard good things about this wing nuts place, Matt, that Matt and Ryan are going to be there anyway. We can go say what's up. Um, unfortunately I didn't get to stick around their show. I thought their show was starting a little sooner, but, um, I had to get, yeah, it, ran, it was running late. Cause there were a lot of people. There, there was, was a lot of people coming in. Yeah. They were getting pulled from all directions, but anyways, uh, so we did go and honestly for, um, one, we went with some cover one, one pass subscribers, which was really cool. They came, sure. they were into town for the game and they met up with us and hung out with us sort of for the day. And it's not the first time, uh, our, one of our friends, Mike, he hung out with us at camp last year. I think he was there at camp again this year with the guys. I wasn't there. Uh, another guy who I hadn't met. Um, and so to add to those people that you meet on Twitter, we have one pass subscribers who, I don't know if anyone knows it's our cover one subscription and there's a Slack community. And I'm telling you, man, like. A lot of the, you think you become friends with people on Twitter and stuff when you're in this type of community and you're engaging constantly back and forth. You're in a, a group DM almost all the time. Mm -hmm. You really get to know these people and you know them by their just personas. Like there's this whole person that has a life out there and I just know them by smug alpaca in the Slack channel, right? Like just for years of talking bills nonsense, you get to sit there and hang out with them and have wings all night. And so that's a really for Greg and I. Uh, who have turned cover one as a hobby into we're trying to make it somewhat a business and to have people that support that business at the level where they're willing to give you subscriptions and come out and support you in person and hang out with you. Like it's even hard for me to talk about, like that's a really cool thing that people do for you and support your work. And so to see that in real life was really cool. And so uh, to get to the wing portion of that, I am torn on the wings at wing nuts, Pat. So I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to these types of things. If I'm going to judge something uh, that comes from, I will say not to be too much of a snob. It comes from a background. I have been certified as a Kansas city barbecue society judge. So I've judged food professionally for real tournaments. I've also been a beer judge or trained towards beer judge Cicerone certified. So when I I'm asked to criticize these things, I take them super seriously and I put them within the parameters that I think. And when I'm judging somebody by their wings, I don't show up to a place and order the, I didn't go with the wing nuts sauce. I went with mild Buffalo. Like if you're, if I'm going to judge a wing, mm -hmm. it's going to be Buffalo style sauce and I'm going to judge it by them. I can do a garlic Parmesan or uh, Cajun honey, whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, I did, and yeah. So I went with the, I think, medium wings. I did 10 of them. Uh, they, what I will say for how busy that place was, they took my order. They found me. The lady was like, we'll just find you when yeah. the wings come out. I was like, are you for real? Like, cause I don't think you will. It was pretty busy and they did. And uh, I was a little concerned on timing cause I had to get home for bed. And we showed up there. It was super busy. And they're like, we'll probably have them out in like 20, 25 minutes. We got some pizza logs. We got some wings. Greg and I split them. 
Um, and they, it really was, the service was awesome. Hats off to them. Cause that was a busy night. That was a yep. lot going on. I've worked in restaurants and it's, uh, their setup isn't probably the easiest setup right. to have that type of business. And they killed it, at least for me. I don't know how everybody's experience was for the night, but they came out, they found me, they took care of me. I was in yep. and out of there. No problems at all. Um, so kudos to them in terms of the wings, they were good. I plowed through my wings. The sauce was good. The flavor was good. I think where I knock them in terms of if I was, if I had a wing podcast or I was judging them is there's a breading to this wing that is a assistant to me. It's a crutch to get to the consistency that people like for wings. And so I'm torn Pat because it gets you to the consistency. Every wing had the crispness that you look for in wings. There wasn't mushy wings. There wasn't anything like that. So they were cooked well and they were big wings. That's hard to do uh, with the big size wing like that. I could barely put down 10. Like I, I was struggling to get through the, yeah, 10, yeah, the yeah. single order that I had. So it's hard to, for me to make the complaints because it is good. It tastes good. It does all the things I want for a wing. But like when we did barbecue competition, some guys used crutches and there was this like sodium thing that you could add injection that you could add. And it's basically like ramen noodle seasoning packets that you would just add and you would inject it into the meat and you could taste it and it tasted good and made it taste like sodium. But I feel like it's a bit of a trick crutch to get that consistency and i feel like i gotta knock them for it am i being too hard too much of a peers too much of a snob no, to no, analyze no, a place no, for no, stuff like that nope not at all man and i'll tell you what i pretty much if i wouldn't know any better i would say that you read my post on wing nuts when i went there the first time and i didn't i'm sorry read it word for word i'm glad you said that too because for it being as busy as they are they are excellent at getting your food fast. Almost. That's point, hard to do. The first time I was there, I was actually a little concerned. I'm like, how the hell do you have my wings out to me in 11 minutes? It's because they're making so many at a time just because of how busy they are. Yeah. But yeah, service, excellent. Vibe, excellent. Mm -hmm. The wings, I agree with everything you said, man. They're huge wings. They're big ass wings compared yep. to other places. Yep. Um, I love the sauce, but... I don't, the texture of the wings, and they're not breaded, by the way. I would bet, I used to argue that they're breaded. I talked to you. It's floured or something. They're, they're, I don't know what they do, but they do something with their texture and it becomes almost crunchy. It, it, I don't know what it is. But anyway, yeah, their wings It's not are, the skin. No, no, the no, skin. no, no, no. Yeah. Right. Their wings, look, their wings are really good. The only time, the only thing that makes me say maybe they're overrated is only because there's a lot of people out there who say that their wings are number one, that they are the best. They're not. They're not the best. They're good. They're really, really good. Like, I will recommend people, especially if you want to try something different. Yeah, and, wings, and for, if you're in the North Towns, where near my house, actually, that it's not far from me. It's probably more inconvenient to go to Barbell North, which I also like. Mm -hmm. um, Elmo's, it might be. Like, if you had to make a decision where I'm at, it'd be like, do I go over to Amherst Ale House, Elmo's? I also still vouch for Duff's on Sheridan. People can go fuck off. I like that. Yeah, I think Duff's Great. is cool. So like, these are normally my choices. Maybe take out from Lenova in Williamsville would be one or the one in uh, Buffalo. Like those wings do it for me. Franco's has pretty good wings too. I won't lie. Um, yeah, that's the problem is everywhere does. But if you're in the North Times, you want that more traditional, like big, wing that they offer i think that's a cool vibe and if people come into town because they also have the brewery froth there and that's good beer and they have some outdoor seating like that's all that vibe that you can get from that place is super rare for the north towns i think that's more of a south town vibe and so it's cool to have it here 
Yeah, for sure. And, and and it's a good place to go to. The wings are, like I said, they're different. So you're going to get different wings there than um than you will at other places, whether yep. that's for you know better what? or for worse. They're expensive, though. That's the other thing that yeah, I think the one thing All you wings did not mention. I don't know if you were paying attention, but yeah, but these are more expensive than normal. Like you go get yourself 10 wings and even just one beer and you're looking at probably 30 bucks there. Um, yeah, the wings fair, are like 20 bucks. That's probably true. Yeah, to be fair, though, I mean, they are, again, they are big wings. Like, it was a big meal. Struggled, you struggle to put 10 down. A lot of Although people, I didn't get any celery. Do you get celery with your wing? I just straight carrots. I don't even ask for it. I don't think so. And I don't ask, I don't, I don't like blue cheese either, which is weird, I know. But um, yeah, I, I like their wings a How lot. How do you do They're, like reviews on wings? I, I don't use and blue don't cheese. Like I blue think it makes it more much. fair. Blue cheese could sway you. And I do agree with you too. Like when I evaluate places, I'll get like meaning Brasky was, every time. Brasky was giving me a hard time for how little blue cheese I utilized. He ended up taking my, the like two wings I didn't kill. He brought those home, but he was like, man, you can I take that blue cheese too? You barely touched it. <laughs> yeah. I got had a couple conversations with Alex Brasky. He's definitely an interesting dude. I've never had him on my show. That's going to change soon. I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely going to have, a let's lot. all go to Imperial. I'm, I, I will have a week here that cleans up where I can do it. Let's all the three of us go hang out. Eat. Some, I want down. their wings too. Actually. I've not tried Imperial's wings. I've had their pizza, but not the wings. I'm down. And you know, you said one thing that really resonated with me and then we're going to move on. Um, when people come out and support you in person, it, it really does. It makes it feel like everything you do is worth it. You know, it's sponsors is cool. Makes money is cool. People downloading the show or watching on YouTube is cool. But when people come on and actually watch you and right. see a person like there's nothing better than when I have a guest on, they say an Imperial and, and people come out to, uh, to watch the show or to meet you or to meet mainly to meet your guests or whatever. Um, always a good time. But anyway, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I did end up by the way, after wing nuts, I went to resurgence kind of, uh, Oh, the bill Buffalo rumblings had a thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, by the time I got to rumblings, uh, or by the time I got to resurgence, that was over with, but there were, there were some fans there. Um, Again, Pat Miller and I and Crystal and a couple other people were there, but that was uh it, it was my wife was had enough. She was like, All right, good, it's time. Yeah, you're, you're done. You're one done. One more uh, one more interesting point on Wing Nuts kind of having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And this probably applies to all people, podcasts, people trying to get in on stuff. Like, think about how hard it's gotta be to get in on the Buffalo wing market in Buffalo, New York. Right. Like if you were in 2022 thinking like, Hey, I make pretty good wings. I think I'm going to try to like get in. Like a lot of people I feel like would just be like, dude, there's a Buffalo wing joint on every freaking block. What are you really? doing? And for them to like come in and like make a big impact and start competing with Barbell and Duff's and anchor bars. We're having that conversation. Like, where would you send people? And like to come out of nowhere in, uh, in a market like that, I think is one of those stories where like, if you're thinking about doing something, you're like, Hey, there's too many bills podcasts. Like if you're good enough, you can get in, man. Dude, Wingnuts is like the literal, the, the epitome of what a, a local owned success story yeah. is. They were running their wings out of a Knights of Columbus. Knights out of, of Columbus, oh, right. And then now in a couple of years from now, yeah, they're known whether you love them, whether you don't love them. They're as well known now as anybody yeah. in Buffalo when it comes to wings. So that's real cool. Before we take a break, before we talk uh, Washington for a couple of minutes here, because we will do that at some point on the show. Um, I just wanted to get one or two of your biggest takes as we move forward to Washington. When you look back at the Raiders game and you've had time to think about it, you've talked about it. Like what at this point, what were your one or two like biggest takeaways from this game? Obviously, it's going to be on the positive side. It, it was a, a convincing victory. Like what's your uh, yeah. one or two big takeaways? The big takeaway is like everybody needs to chill out, right? Week one's a liar. 
Um, we all know it going in and yet mm -hmm. we consistently react immediately and aggressively and emotionally when something weird happens that we can't understand. Uh, and, and maybe not be just a week one thing. Like I do think there's something to the idea that the jets have a little bit of Josh Allen's number and the bills number. And, uh, that's not the best, right? That sucks that we don't dominate everybody the way that we did against the Raiders, but every team's got somebody right. Like, um, and it, sometimes it's like a pesky opponent that isn't a very good team, but always gives you a hard time. So, um, this year's probably not the worst year for the jets to be the team that maybe has the bills number. I don't really care if they play them hard again. Like the jets don't seem to me like a team that's going to remain in contention without a quarterback. And so right. I think they're going to drift towards the bottom. So, I mean, whatever, uh, that doesn't bother me uh, otherwise than that. Like you look around the league, at least offensively, I, I like, you know, not to segue right into this next matchup, but again, I feel like you're playing a similar opponent again this week when I look into it. And that was what I looked at going into the Raiders and the bills confirmed everything that I was thinking was, Hey, this, our bills roster should this a team like the Raiders, even though they have Devonte Adams, J I respect Jimmy Garoppolo. I love Josh Jacobs. Max Crosby's really good. They have some top end talent that if those guys get going, sure, they can hang in any game and they can be competitive and maybe they'll be a playoff caliber type team. But we're really talking about like Bills drought level competition here. And when the way I think of the Bills and their roster, they should go out and win 38 to 10, right? Like your roster is so deep. It should almost be like a boa constrictor for fourth for four quarters where it's just too much. Maybe they come out and throw a punch early. But going up against a heavyweight champ like the Buffalo Bills should be too much and it should feel overwhelming to those teams. And that's the takeaway I got from that game is the bills are still that team uh, that yes, maybe the jets are a pesky opponent and they won't look super good when they play them, but 11, 10, 11 times a year, you're going to get this product that just steamrolls teams. And the way other teams don't most games in the NFL are one score games. Like Miami's a really good team. They struggled to get past uh, new England Patriots, right? Like, the Bills are one of those few teams, Kansas City, a couple other teams that can just really go in and steamroll a team. And that's what confirmed for me this weekend was you did what you were expected to do and go in against a team that you should be top to bottom better than and you were. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Going to segue now into a little bit of Washington talk. I will say when you talked about before the break, your your biggest takeaways, not going to get in the film stuff. I'll tell you what, though. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not saying he's a shitty quarterback, but he played like shit on Sunday. There were some open receivers working that middle of the field yeah. that you could see on tape that he uh, he just – I think – and the Bills line did a good job to – 
get him in that spot because he's usually normally a really effective, efficient quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, everywhere he's been, regardless of what he's done, like he usually is pretty efficient. Um, and you're right. There were some throws there that were just like layups almost for an NFL QB that he just missed. And I think that the pressure, especially Daquan Jones at Oliver, man, like for all the shit and Oliver's gone for the last three years from, from a lot of the fan base, like you say whatever you want. He was going against Greg Van Roten or whatever, but he, dude, he had a couple plays pushing dudes back into running backs, like big losses. He should have had that safety. I think that was an intentional grounding that didn't get called. Like he was crazy disruptive and Jones too. I'm going to be, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know Greg Van Roden was in this tiny lineup for the Raiders. And I found out on the very first play of the game when Ed Oliver threw him back five hours right in the Jacobs, which going back to your show, surprising to me, I remember. So you and Greg were asking every guest for a prediction. And I specifically remember Bulldog saying, and I'm only slightly paraphrasing that he predicts that after the show, people are going to be calling him on the line saying Josh Jacobs goes for a buck 50 in, in a, uh, and a big Bills win, you know, like a right, lot right. Bills win, which was a lost headed Bills win. Josh Jacobs minus two yards rushing. I did not see that coming, and I did not see Spencer Brown with a lot of help holding his own against Max Crosby. So, yeah, really good stuff in that game. Um, all right, let's move on to Washington here. There's no way to spin Washington on paper being as good as Buffalo. I'm just not even going to try to do that because that's dumb. But I think it's pretty easy to show right now that this team's not the scrubs that I think a lot of people might have thought maybe three weeks ago that this is a scrub team. Um, again, are they on the Bills level? No. But I, I think this is a, a pretty good, a reasonably competitive team. How's that sound? I am a little bit torn. I got a show tonight, so we're recording on Wednesday, right? Yeah, this is, so you, I will have already recorded by the time people are listening. To this, and I'm still a little unsure. I'm going to watch back a couple more today because unsure what to make of this team. Um, the competition that they've played not fantastic, right? So you have to like put Arizona away their yeah. yeah Arizona and Denver. I think their strength of schedule is 31st by according to PFF. Um, I might be out of pocket on that, but it's low 29 through 30 something. Uh, where it's actually been pretty frustrating to have to watch the Broncos two weeks in a row because getting ready for the Raiders, I had to watch the Broncos as well. And that was one of the things that, you know, people are saying, Hey, look at what the Raiders were able to do. Get that win. That game, that Raiders Broncos game looked to me like neither team wanted to win that game. Like that was an ugly game Mm -hmm. between two teams that weren't playing all that great. And that's kind of what I've seen a little bit out of Washington. Uh, This last week was super high variance. They were down 21 to three at one point and then all of a sudden they start making big plays on defense getting turnovers and getting some explosives i don't know that that is a that is a way to win in the nfl i believe in turnovers and explosive plays i don't know that that is a way to consistently perform especially against a team like the bills i think they're going to run in the that the commanders are going to run into the same problem that the raiders did that this bills team's too deep top to bottom, both sides of the ball, and that, yeah, maybe you'll get, they might be able to throw some haymakers, get some punches in on you. Um, But as long as Josh Allen doesn't turn into two weeks ago, Josh Allen, and he plays more like he did this past week, which I think he'll be able to do still, even though that commander's front four is really going to present some challenges for the Bills. But if he's getting the ball out quick, like I don't think their DBs can guard Steph Diggs. I don't think they can do anything about what James Cook's been able to do here already this season. So I feel pretty good that we can keep up with the haymakers, but I don't think they can keep up with the can Sam Howell put together 
two to three, 10, 11 play drives against this Bills defense where we're not confusing the crap out of him. He hasn't seen a lot of NFL football. Like Sean McDermott's going to throw some stuff his way where he's going to put the ball out there, right? Like this is still a young quarterback getting his first reps in the NFL. Sean McDermott is almost Frazier's a rookie. He's, I don't want to call him rookie, but it's a rookie season for him, right? Like, yeah. uh, and Sean McDermott, going back to his time in Philly, Carolina, Leslie Frazier's defense, this still core philosophy has been a real big challenge for young QBs. And so I expect that to be more of the same. Nobody likes Terry McLaurin more than me. I'll go out and say like, yeah, he having to play him. I've been on him since day one. He's my guy. Dotson's like the perfect compliment to him. They've got weapons that I respect. I love their front four on defense, but I just, I look at this roster and I watch the way they play in the games that they've played. I think Reds, uh, commanders fans should be excited. I, a couple of them are really good friends of mine. I think they're trending in the right direction to your point. This isn't old skins. They should be real excited. They have new ownership. Eric Bieniemy has got some excitement into this offense. They've got skilled players. They got some young guys locked up as, as some good spots for them. Um, but they're still the drought bills trending in the right direction, right? They're still that type of team that's maybe going to be a playoff team. The Bills are th- they're that elite caliber team, and I expect it to show up through Sean McDermott's tenure as head coach. The Bills have kind of feasted on. Bad. rookie slash young quarterback Backup, they TV. really have they've really done well against them um i think this is going to be a game of pass rushes on, on both sides yeah yeah miles done some good things for washington he's fun. 46 to 70 501 yards three touchdowns one pick that's the good the bad is he's been sacked 10 times already in two games um yeah. And the Bills have been getting a lot. They haven't been coming away with the sacks again, which I know is going to frustrate right. the crap out of the fan base. But I want everyone to remember how it felt like the pressure that the Bills defense brought last week was real. And they have impacted Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I think you're right. How is going to see a ton of pressure from this bill, the way they're playing. One of uh, the stats I found on PFF is he's been dropped 10 times, 28 pressures. And of those 10 sacks, eight of them have been when the other team has a blitz. And the Bills like to rush with four um, a lot. So that feels like a good matchup for Buffalo. 35.7% of Sam Howell's pressures have been sacks. Most of any quarterback right now in the NFL. So if you get pressure on him, he's going down. He's holding the ball too long. I haven't watched any Washington film. I'm not going to sit there and try to pretend like I did. But you can tell by those stats. But yeah, I mean... They do have weapons. They do, and they're going to... They've only got seven catches so far this year. I haven't looked up the explosive play data yet, but in watching them, they Eric Bieniemy is dialing up some of that screen game and getting explosives from this team and getting some shots to McLaurin and Dotson. And if there was a worry that I had coming away from this last weekend's game, um, I thought the linebackers play great. I love what we saw in Terrell Bernard here this in week two, right? Uh, Christian Benford... Didn't concern me, but it is what we've seen at a cornerback twos that play across from Trey, where if you get matched up with some good receivers, you're going to have some struggles at times. And I think that there's going to be opportunities for the commanders, whether it's McLaurin or Dotson. Like, I don't think Trey is going to follow anybody in this game. I don't know that he's going to follow McLaurin because Dotson's real good too. And you're going to get in some of these matchups and I'll be interested to see after what I saw from Benford this past week, if 
Washington tries to attack that and say, he's got to come out and pr- like, we're not going to attack Trey white. We're not going to attack the middle of the, the, these linebackers who are getting their hands on the ball. If I'm going to attack anyone, I'm going after this guy, Benford till he proves it. And so that's one that I'm really interested to see here this weekend is, is that a vulnerability right now for the bills or, you know, he's made some big plays too. Or, or is he going to stand up to that test? Um, and the running game too is another thing to discuss. Brian Robinson yeah. Jr. Pretty good running back. Um, 146 yards, two touchdowns so far in two games, 77, yeah. this is per PFF. And again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I even know what the fuck a run grade even means for a running back, but he's got a 77.3 run grade, mm-hmm. which is slightly higher so far this season than, uh, James cook and mm-hmm. Washington's run blocking per PFF is six best in the NFL. I'd like to point out that last week, the Raiders came into the game. Number one in, yeah. in uh, run blocking in the NFL. And we saw, and with J- Josh Jacobs, a more established back. And we saw the Bills easily handle that. But anyway, like I said, there's not like a shortage of weapons on Washington. It's a matter of their offensive line, especially with the pass blocking. That's been brutal. So if there's a game for a guy, you know, the Bills have gotten pressure, but haven't dropped the quarterback much. If there's a game for Greg Rizzo and Ed Oliver and 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 Vanessa. That run game, I haven't done a full dive into the deep. uh, DVOA has them about 10th, I think, in offense and 11th or 10th in defense, 11th in offense. The, right now, this is a tough time of year to look into the data because, like, PFF is still uh, one that who they played, right? Cardinals, Broncos. Right is different like the bills grades are going to look a lot different especially because of that jets game uh was a real that's a real not oh yeah yeah, yeah. data stuff like that so some of this data has got to work itself out to really see just like sean mcdermott was talking about he doesn't he's going to need a few more weeks to know who his team is the data also needs a few more sample sizes to know what direction we're heading and i think right now there's uh commanders are benefiting from a um weak strength of schedule and performing well and winning those games. Um, and I do think they are trending in the right direction, but I think I do expect that data to trend back maybe towards like 15 to 20 mm-hmm. in all their stats and kind of hang out in that again, like competing for wild card level caliber team. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, but if there is one area of Washington, where you get through all the, whatever DVOA is or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. stats, which by the way, someday you're going to have to teach me about DVOA. I'm, I'm interested to learn about that someday down the road. I need to learn and you and you'll For teach sure. me about that. But anyway, Washington's front four. If there's one thing, like they got some potential on offense questions about the offensive line. I think the defensive line for Washington is straight up. Good. Chase Young's a bad eight. boy. Chase yeah. Young missed the first game play last week, made his debut two sacks, four yeah. hurries. So mm-hmm. he made an impact right away. Montez Sweat already has four sacks in two games and five right. hurries. Deron Payne, Bills fans know a lot about him. Uh, Jonathan Allen, they both have sacks. The defensive line's good. They got 12 sacks and 11 hurries already yeah, not gonna be. Uh, this season. It kind of has that Jetsy kind of feel where, like, you know, a four-man defensive front can kind of yeah. dictate a game. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, we're going to see a repeat performance of what we saw right. two weeks ago. But the Jets, I mean, Washington – Back seven, maybe another story, but that front four is, um, man, they're legit. They're they're really really good. Chase Young's one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they they're going to present some problems for you. I think what we saw from Ken Dorsey. I would encourage everyone to go take a look at what uh, Eric Turner did for breaking down how Ken Dorsey attacked the Raiders. And the Raiders defense is not as good as Washington's defense. And Washington's defense has been good for a couple of years now, right? Like that that has not been necessarily. The problem for the commanders as of late 
it's a good defense. They're going to get some pressures. They're, they're probably going to get some takeaways against Allen. But I do think what they showed us, Dorsey showed us this past week and being able to get Allen the ball out quick, take those check downs, uh, you know, utilize the scheme to offset some of the pressure that you would see from star players like Max Crosby gives me faith that they can really attack this defense because you're right. I do think that that front four is at the caliber that maybe you see from the Jets and and they have the ability to do some of it in waves too. They're going to consistently bring pressure all game, but that back seven is not the Jets back seven, right? And so you can really approach that go after them a little bit. Um, And I think some of that quick passing game, again, I don't think they have anyone that can hang with Steph Diggs. Gabe Davis had a big weekend. I love what we're seeing out of the tight ends. Like the bills, I think again, will just overwhelm with talent and depth and roster. And I just, for four quarters, you're going to get some pressures on Josh and maybe it converts into some turnovers, but for four quarters, I'm taking us, you know, last week with the Raiders game, you asked me like what would make the Bills lose besides absolutely beating themselves like they did against the Jets. I would have said a great defensive end like Max Crosby just creating hell all day, you know, getting three sacks, forcing a turnover, some like that. He has that kind of ability. You kind of feel like that's the same thing going into this game. Like there's something beyond completely beating yourself that uh, maybe Chase Young could go and have that type of game where he could just dictate the game like i said he could stop two or three drives with sacks he can force a turnover he has that kind of ability that's one of the few things when i look at washington and i'm like if this game gets close a player like chase young could be the difference yeah sure for sure i just think convincing, Aaron. think about how much it took for the jets to barely win that game Oh, sure. To like fall that way, right? Four turnovers, a punt return for a touchdown, like a crazy Zach Wilson throw to save a drive. Like there was a lot of things that ended up going their way for them to barely squeak out with a win. I I think maybe I'm too confident and maybe the Raiders are just really bad and the Bills aren't that team that I've just seen more of the performances that we saw against the Raiders than I've seen of the performances than we've seen against the Jets. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to apply that more often to this is the team that I expect. Maybe not to the perfection that uh, then the efficiency that Josh did it, but maybe he has some of those turnovers, but I think it will take three, four plus some crazy bombs to Terry McLaurin. Plus we haven't even talked about this. The commander special teams has been a problem. I don't think that you, it, you can't afford uh, maybe Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean take special teams a little too seriously, but I don't think you can afford to be a team with as many flaws as they still have and also be sloppy on special teams and right. allow a good team to make some plays on you. So I think they need to tighten up. Here's the one, the one thing you're going to get from teams like the commanders is this is a test for them, right? They've won two, you got idiots like me online saying like, yeah, but who have they beat? Right. And so we, we were there for years as the, the bills. Sure. How many Septembers did we start out hot with JP Lossman or mm-hmm. Trump journey? And everybody's like, Oh fuck, man, we might, I remember you know, that going on here. here. Yeah. The bills. Yeah. And you get all excited for it and then you get a test and a team like this comes into town or one of those good teams. And I am expecting the bills to match that and bring them back down to life a little bit with that test and that. Yeah, you. But the thing you're going to get for Buffalo is they know it's a test or from the commanders. They know it's a test. Rivera is going to get them up for that. The enemy is going to get them up for that. And you're going to get their best shot. Like Terry McLaurin wants to come out, put up a show against the bills 
this team, you know, Hal wants to get this win in front of their fans. This is big for that organization. If they get this win, is this one of the bigger wins for the oh, commanders sure. the last few years? You, know, you beat the Buffalo Bills after starting 2-0. and like that. That's the look the Bills are getting almost everywhere they roll into. The only teams that it doesn't really matter to to beat the Bills anymore is what? Like Kansas City and the Bengals? I feel like their fan base sort of expects them mm-hmm. to win those games just like we do in games like these. Yeah. Good point, man. Um, this would be their arrival game. Were they to win? Last point. Then I want to finish with our uh, finish the sentence segment that we do when I have you on. I, I feel like that Jets game, though, kind of like is a blueprint for defenses. Not saying they're going to be able to achieve it because, again, the Jets have a really great defense. I was going to say it's like a blueprint in the way like people used to say, like, yeah, just do what the Patriots do. Exactly. Right. But, like, you could tell, like, the the I feel like the theme this season is going to be let's try to goat Josh Allen into making mistakes, sure. trying to disguise some, some coverages, letting him take the short shit and hoping yep. that he's going to get greedy. Yes. Um, you know, again, besides Chase Young wrecking havoc, I feel like that's the only other thing that could derail the Bills in the game against a team like Washington, which, quite frankly, the Bills are the better team. So when you're playing the Bengals, you're playing the Chiefs, maybe the Eagles, you know, you got to go out and you got to play well. You got to execute Dallas, and, yeah. and you got to score points. This is one of those games where don't blow it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Washington's formidable. They're We'll find out how respectable they are, but it's just like one of those. Just don't, yeah, don't, let them, don't lose the game. Yeah. Yeah. So. Don't play down to your opponent. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, you see it a lot. And especially in NBA where the games don't matter as much, you'll see uh, some powerhouse go into play the wizards and just play down to them that night and not go handle business. You can't afford to do that in the NFL. There's not enough weeks. There's not enough games. You got to go in and went, I don't know the spreads, what six and a half. On the yeah, road, six and a half. Yep, six and a half on the road. So they're get they're. I mean, they're expecting you to win by ten. Really, if if you're calling it a six and a half on the road, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you should be at. And that ten doesn't sound like a lot, but in the NFL, like to win by two possessions, uh, which is what I'm expecting, at least two possessions. Like that's that's establishing yourself. So they should go handle business, man. Yeah, for sure. And after you're done watching or, or listening to this, make sure you go back and, and you watch Cover One, Greg and uh. Aaron will have a much more thorough I don't know if, and comprehensive preview than, than this. Greg but. might not be there tonight. He's in, he's out in Vegas on work, and his internet was not looking good. Ooh. He's not looking good for tonight. So we, it might be producer Chris Kepner and I, but we have a good, a good guest, Josh Taylor. We've had him on for uh, past seasons. It'll be a good rundown of what to expect out of the commanders. Yeah, and that that's one of our few. That'll be good all week, Pat. That one will be good right up till Sunday. So you don't have to listen to it right away anytime you want. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's finish with our uh, finish the sentence. I got three for you this week. And Aaron, okay. we talked before the show and Aaron really hasn't. But uh, you've been thinking, I hope during the show. Or yeah, Pat not, gave me be, these notes at like you're, you're 11. Think- <laughs> I got these notes at like 11 o'clock last night. from a yeah, I, was that, late, so. I was late getting you this shit. But anyway, good. I'm going to put right. you kind of on. You're going to think. Let's talk it out. A song I like and appreciate far more today than when I than when it was first popular is blank um so this one for me the first thing that came into my mind wasn't just a song it's uh stuff like i don't think i appreciated at the time in the middle of the 90s as much as i do now some of like the foo fighters stuff like that um some of the like alternative rock of the 90s i liked some of it and i dabbled in a bit of it uh but i find myself like on a sunny day just like playing some 90s alt rock playlist and it is just it's better than i gave it credit for i don't know how it was for you back in the 90s but there was where i grew up um 
it was a very, a very suburban, but there was like a rift between like the skater kids and the hip hop kids. Right. And the, like, you just didn't, not a lot of mingling always went on. And so I was more with like the hip hop R and B stuff as most people who listen to this show know. Um, and, but now I've grown in more of an appreciation for some of that rock that was going on during the time. Uh, that's not my answer, but I could say that cause I do kind of agree. I was in I liked Nirvana and I liked uh, Pearl Jam, like that alternative nineties era, but yeah. I really didn't listen to anything else. And now I can hear some stuff like Alice in Chains and things like that. And I'm kind of been into it, but my answer is, uh, of course it is because I like cheesy pop music from the eighties primarily, but when it, when it simply the best by Tina Turner, when that came out, I never listened. I'm like, this is shit's corny. Yeah. Now, and I noticed, in fact, this kind of inspired me to ask you this question. I was driving around yesterday and it came on the radio and kind of the lead up, you know, with the verse of the chord, simply the best. I started getting Next fired up, dude. I was like, yeah. it's pumping, cranking it up in my car. Like I have to hear that song when I, when, when it comes on now, back in the day, I was in a big team, of course, seen his past recently, but you know, back in the day, I never liked this song at all. And now I'm like, I can't get enough of it. Every time it comes on, it's like my song to get me. It's like one of my biggest get fired up songs. Now uh, I feel like it makes me think point. of Josh Allen. Now. Like, <laughs> and I think of that and the, that way. And I, another one, I want to make a highlight reel of Josh Allen to, uh, um, what song is it? Uh, you make my dreams come true. Hall and, Hall and Oates. Yeah, I just want uh, Josh Allen running around making plays. That, ding, 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 ding. that is good, man. Yeah, he does. That is, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one here. A current living. This is kind of morbid, actually. As I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, current I was going to give you a hard time about this one, Pat. <laughs> a current living celebrity whose passing would probably upset me the most is blank. This is a hard question. Yeah, this is is kind of, I don't know what was up with me yesterday. A little bit morbid, man. I don't know. This one sucks. Um, (laughs) Is that I don't want to think about it. Obviously like any young person. So I don't want to think about that. So I was thinking like, I guess elder folks that maybe would be closer. That's like, gosh, I don't know, man. I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there. I'm not, I'm going to pass. I'm pleading the fifth. I don't want to put any energy out there of of people like that. Well, I have to. I, right, I don't do like you do either. It. Again, morbid or not, I kind of have to because I'm the one who I can't post. You made it. Yeah, you, you obviously had it in mind. It myself. Yeah, I did. Um, all right. So my 80s years, there's two types of uh, two eras of music that really define me the most that I love. And it's 80s and it's old, old school Motown music. Uh, my 80s is already shot. Michael Jackson and, and Prince yeah. and Whitney are already gone. So that shit's yeah. already sucks. The one thing that I hold on to when I think of my dad and growing up with Motown music, it was forced on me as a kid. And then I grew to love it myself. Um, he's 83 years old. But if the day when the day comes, hopefully many years from now, when Smokey Robinson Smokey. passes, that is really going to fucking crush me because I'm such a big Smokey guy. And he's still to this day at 83 years old, could still carry a tune and still sounds good, man. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I've heard him sing recently. I can't That's remember what one. TV show it was. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to go Smokey. I would and say shame probably, on me for this question. Huh? Yeah. Any of those types are like iconic. Like as you started talking that out, like not that he's old enough yet, but like a Rick Rubin mm-hmm. when he passed, like the people that made such an influence yeah. that those will all be hard yeah, yeah. and what, again what a fucking stupid question what a <laughs> it really was because i'm gonna be sad there's gonna be there could be many people that'll pass away and it'll make me uh upset but anyway all right so last one here something 
that every time you think of it reminds you that you're getting old is blank. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything reminds me I'm getting old. No. Um, <laughs> music for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Like now it's classics. All this, this is the stuff we like is all old classics. Um, that's one. And then, you know, one that actually hit me yesterday before I got this question is I was out in the street. I was all time QB playing for the neighborhood kids as they were just playing like pickup football and just being all time QB. And it's fun and it's cool. And I'm glad I'm a dad. I'm glad I'm old. But watching them just like run around and just play football. Sure. Um, and be in those moments and they were talking about being players and pretending to be guys and stuff like that. And that gave me a little nostalgia of like, I'm um, just the old all time QB now. I'm like, not, I'm not D up and having fun. And in, in those moments and they feel so much bigger than they are. That street to those kids feels way wider than it is. It feels way bigger than it is. Those matchups feel closer and more like the pros than they are. And that's so cool for them, but it makes me feel old. You're not, you're, that's not my answer, but holy shit, did you just inadvertently sing my song right there? Because yeah. I remember being a kid in the street and playing, and this shows how old I am. And Joe Ferguson was the, like the quarterback and he kind of sucked. And I remember we used to call it Fergie. He used to take the ball and throw it at someone's ankles and then yell Fergie. Because <laughs> that would be a Joe Ferguson pass. But to your point, man, when you're a little kid and you're playing football on the street, it feels like a stadium. And now yeah. as an adult, I I take a ride occasionally back to the west side in the street I grew up on. And I feel like I could throw the football from one end of the street to the other. And it feels like it's like seven feet wide. It's just yeah. crazy the older you get, how much smaller that street stadium that you played on. Mine is, and I'll be quick with this answer because it doesn't might not make much sense initially, but floor hockey. And here's why. When I was 19, 20, when I was a young or late teenager, young, early adult, I played floor hockey on some really good teams. And I'm talking like the best teams. But there was this one team, they were called the Reds. And we were younger than them, faster than them, more skilled than them. That we, we could never beat them because they were older. They were smarter. They, they knew how to play good team hockey. They just made better decisions and, and, and just played better. They would beat us even though we were better. And it took a couple of years, and then we got over to hump, and then we started kicking their ass because we figured it out. There was something that, you know, you're younger, you don't figure it out. Then you get older, right. you figure it out. Anyway, fast forward years later, and I had retired by this point, but I still watched all my friends that I played with. They still continue to play, and they got into their late 30s and early 40s, and now they were that team. There was the next crop of younger 19, 20, 21 year old kids that were skilled and, and better than they were faster. But my friends would win those games. So the team that I grew up playing with, because they were the ones, you know, were cohesive and smarter and had that chemistry and shit like that. But then I was like, I started feeling old because I, I started thinking like we were those kids who were yeah. better than the old guys, but we couldn't beat them because we weren't smart enough. Didn't figure so, it out yet. Yeah, we couldn't figure it out. So that's kind of what like made me realize, well, many things make me realize how old I'm getting like us going out on Saturday and not wanting to get up for that bills game on. Saturday. I bet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, seven, one, six, go check out cover one and all seriousness. And I'm not bullshit. And the content obviously speaks for itself. Appreciate it's that. great. But these are some really cool dudes, man. And hey. you and Eric, Eric helps me out a lot. When I ask him questions, he's always there for me. Obviously Greg, Anthony Brahaska, big fans, Joe DeRosa, fans of a lot of these guys, man. Really good shit. Uh, 
great stuff over at Cover One. So make sure you go check them out. Thanks for doing the show, man. You know, I and love thank you. Man. Real big, quick shout out to you for coming through and setting us up. I know we said it a bunch of times, um, but Greg and I are a little bit of a knuckleheads when it comes to that stuff. So you really bailed us out, made it stress free for us to know that that was just going to work. No questions asked because, you know, if there's anyone you're going to ask to do something like that, you're the best in the business, brother. I appreciate you, man. I really do. And I will be live. If you're watching this Thursday early, I will be live Thursday night. Imperial Pizza. Chris Baker from Sabres Prospects is going to be joining me. So come up and say hello. Talk to you then. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.